Well, welcome to Loserology. Glad you're here today. We're going to have a fun time together talking about what it takes to be a great loser. And you're here for uh, lesson number one, which is 101, how to blame others for your problems. And just in case you're wondering if I am qualified to teach this lesson, I'd like to share with you uh, some, some of my experiences. And just to show you that I'm actually very good at blaming others, from, and I've been good since a very young age. In fact, when I was a young boy, I remember uh, my par- well, I grew up in Brazil, and my parents had this uh, house in the countryside that we go on weekends often, and we had a friend out there that had a large house with a pool and soccer field and so forth, and I'm, in, I'm this young boy, and I'm swimming in the pool, and there's a lot of people in the pool, uh, kids and adults and so forth, and people standing outside the pool as well. There are dogs walking around and so forth, and there's a little pool house right in front of the pool that had a bathroom and a little changing room, and I'm in, I'm in the pool, and I had to use the bathroom, uh, but I didn't just have to go number one. I had to go number two, because just to be honest with you, if it was one, I've I probably would have already gone in the pool. Um, but I had to go number two. So I'm, I'm waiting in the pool to looking at the bathroom, basically waiting for somebody to come out of the bathroom so I can go in the bathroom. So this person that was in there just would not come out. And I, knew, I saw them going in, and I didn't see them coming out, so I'm just waiting there, and I'm waiting, and there's people swimming all around. It's a large pool, and, and there's people all, you know, all, and then I see, like, there's a little waiting line for the bathroom. I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? And then I couldn't hold it anymore, and I did what any other young boy would have done. I went to the corner of the pool, put my pants down, and I let it go. Now, not only that, I swam underneath the water all the way to the other side of the pool and just came out. And then I heard it. Some woman, oh my gosh, the dogs pooped in the pool. And I said, these dogs stink. And everyone jumped out of the pool. And these moms, like, got their kids out of the pool. And the adults are, like, about to throw up. And they're, like, kicking the dog. And everyone's very, very ticked off. And to this day, they think the dogs did it. I'm very qualified to teach this today. Now, let me ask you this and including our video service and people online, raise your hand if you would agree with me that blaming others is a loser's way to not take responsibility for your faults. Raise your hand high. Okay, so you agree with me, right? So I have a second question. You can uh, drop your hands. How many of you would admit to me right now that this month, you blamed somebody for something you were at least partially responsible for. Raise your hand high. There you go. Even those of you online, raise your hand. People are watching you around you, I'm sure. All right, so you're losers with me, right? We're all losers in some sort of way. If you didn't raise your hand, you just forgot that you blamed somebody because I know that you did. Now, here's the thing. If you're a high schooler, think about it. You failed a test and you, you said, you know, well, the teacher didn't teach well enough. Or those of you that are in the business world, you're late to work again, and you look at your boss, and you're like, well, my wife didn't make my breakfast fast enough. Or, or there's somebody driving in front of me really slow. It had nothing to do with the fact that you left late to work, right? It was just somebody else's fault. And, or, or how about this one? Your house is really messy. And you invite, somebody just stops by your house and, and they see the mess and you're kind of embarrassed. You're like, yeah, we know we had this like, this like party last night and my kids made a mess and we didn't clean up. It's usually not like this. But you know, you were just lazy. 
and you're just trying to pass the blame and throw your kids under the bus. Or, or maybe this, you lost your temper, but it was because they provoked you, right? We always find a way to put blame to somebody else. Now, we're not sure whose fault it really is, but we're sure it's not our fault. Just ask us, right? Ask me, is it my fault? No, it's not my fault. And here's the problem with this. We all know that blaming others is a great way for losers to be losers, to take, not take responsibility for their faults, but we all do it because it's ingrained in our culture. It's something that we, we've been built to do. Everyone does it. Anytime something wrong happens, we're instantly thinking, okay, who can I pass some of this blame to so that you're not alone in the blame game. You want to include other people in it. I've been treated unfairly. I've ended up on the short end of the stick. I've been dealt a, l- a lousy deck of cards. Whatever it is that we have terminologies for this stuff, right? It's ways to just blame others for the things that, didn't quite work the way that we hoped they would work. Now, this mindset, it keeps us from growing, from learning, from uh, really becoming who we're supposed to be. But just in case, you will learn to be a loser. And if you want to learn the skill of blaming others today, I'm going to teach you how. And I'm going to make it very easy so that from this day forward, you have everything you need to blame people for your problems. Are you ready? All right, so get your pens ready. Let's actually open your Bible first to Genesis chapter 2. This is where we're going to start. In fact, we're going to learn from the very first human beings that started this blame game that we talk about, Genesis chapter 2. Let me give you a little bit of context, and we believe this to be an actual historical event. And this is what happened. God spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light, let there be darkness, let there be the earth and the sea and the sky and so forth. He created everything, and then he got to this point where he created human beings. And we're in Genesis chapter 127 first, just one verse there. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then, listen, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. So immediately, as God created humanity, He gave us responsibility. In fact, it wasn't after we did wrong things or Adam and Eve did their thing that that we had to have responsibility. It was before. It was a way of life. God created us to be responsible. That's why when you and I are responsible when we accomplish something in a good way and we feel good about ourselves, we feel fulfilled because it's how God created us to live. But then listen to this, chapter 2, verse 15. So the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you surely die. But listen to what he said. He put him in the garden and said, you're in charge. You have to take care, tend and watch over this garden. Immediate responsibility. This is your baby right here. Take care of the place that I'm putting you in. But then he gave him some guidelines. He said, I'm going to give you a choice to be responsible. And that choice is represented by this one tree. As long as you, if if you want to obey me, love me, follow me, just do whatever, you know, eat of anything that you want, do whatever you want. But if you want to not do that anymore, if you want to be irresponsible, here's one little option for you. 
because I want it to be your choice. And then we skip over to Genesis chapter 3. And this is what happened. There's a serpent involved. And let me just tell you, the serpent is really not just a serpent. It was embodied by Satan himself. So Satan was in the serpent doing this. And it says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat or that you, you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sold fig, fig trees together to cover themselves. Now think about it. They, they've been naked this whole time in this garden, and it's just them two. There's nobody else watching aside from God, and God made them naked. He knew what they looked like. But all of a sudden, they felt shame, and they started to hide themselves and feel weird about being around each other. And so they put some leaves around themselves. But then listen to what happened. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you're naked, Adam? The Lord asked him. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? Then Adam said, yes, I did, and I take full responsibility for it. Leave the woman out of this. <laughs> if you didn't laugh, you don't know the story, because what Adam actually said was this. It was the woman that you gave me who gave me this fruit, and then I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, I ate the fruit. I take full responsibility for it. Leave him out of this. She said, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. Do you see why we're using them as a great example of how to blame others for our problems? In fact, I want to teach you from this story some great principles and tools that you can use every day if you like on how to be a great loser, how to blame others for your problems so you can get away with them. In fact, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to spell out the word blame for us. So take some notes and we're going to start with letter B. So B is for bring up other people's faults. If you want to be a great loser, if you want to learn how to blame others for your problems, this is a must. You have to learn to bring up other people's faults. Listen to what happened. The, 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 the man said this. God, you, I told you this story. God came to the man. What, what happened? Did you eat of the fruit? Remember his response. It was the woman that you gave me, God. Something must have gone wrong with the way you made her. Maybe when you took her out of my rib, like something got chopped off funny or whatever it was. But you made her, God. In fact, 
let me just remind you, it's, it, it, was, it was not just the woman, but I can't make people, God. You made her. I didn't make her. You must have done something wrong. Something must have gone wrong because she, you know, she, she ate the fruit. I was just there watching, and, and I saw her do it. She wasn't, you know, she's not clicking well. <laughs> and you can imagine Adam saying this, right, God? You, I mean, the woman. Who, who knew? You know, like, who knew she would have done this? Learn from Adam. Listen, do not let others see your weaknesses if you let others see your weaknesses, they're, they're going to hold you responsible for things. Pretend that you're better than you really are. If you want to be great at this, pretend that you're better than you really are. Even if it takes you throwing other people under the bus. The woman did it. Blame it on your wives. Blame it on your husband. Don't protect your wife or your friends or your family. In fact, here's a great tip for those of you that are wives. If you'd like to uh, put this to action, one of the great things you can do is when you're in public with your husband, speak about all his faults. <laughs> See what happens. You become great at blaming others. In fact, if you lose your job, it's because the boss was unreasonable, he didn't understand you, and he had it in it for you the very moment you were hired. Not because you were incompetent and, lay and lazy all the time. Blame it on your boss. In fact, if you get really sick from eating junk food, it's basically their fault for making food so cheap and easy and fast. Blame it on the fast food, rest fast food restaurant. Now, here's uh, a great way to visualize this. I made a little pie chart for you. So let me flip it over here. Everyone, every, anytime there's something that goes wrong, there's somebody to blame, right? Now, here's what you can do. Even if you have 90% of the fault, you can find that 10% somewhere. Find out I mean, the government, you know, your finances are, the government, I don't know, taxes, and keep pointing to that 10%. Right, you're with your wife, figure out how she played a role in that. If you're with your co-workers, just, you know, like, they, did you see how they, how they did it? Figure out who's got 10%. Somebody should have, I mean, maybe it was like someone sold you some bad shoes and made you walk funny, so then you were lazy. Find out who you can blame. Figure out what that 10% is and keep pointing to that 10% to everybody around you. Because when you do that, when you bring up other people's faults, you will be great at blaming others, which will make you a great loser because losers blame others. Now, let's go to our next one. So we're spelling out the word blame again, and our next letter is letter L. Let others do your part. This is a great one, and you have to learn to master this. Listen to what happened. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, and you might want to underline this little phrase in your Bible there, who was with her, and then he ate it. You see, here's what Adam did. He was great at this. He knew that if he was in it from the beginning, he could have been blamed for it, right? So he, he knew that God told him, like, you're, you're responsible to tend and watch over the garden and all that, but you know what he did? He just stood back. He's like, let me see what happens to the and he, he kind of stood there. He's like looking at, he's talking to the serpent. He was there the whole time, it says. But he stood back and he did nothing about it. If you want to be great at blaming others, you've got to learn the skill. 
Let others do your part. Don't take responsibility for your life or your family or your finances or your personal growth. Learn from Adam. He just watched it happen and never stepped in because then he could say, the woman did it. In fact, husbands, don't lead your family. Let your wife do all the work because if something goes wrong, like your kids rebel, blame it on your wife. Don't feed yourself spiritually by reading your, bi- the, your Bible on your own and, and praying and so forth. Let others feed you. That's what church is for on Sunday. That's all you need. I mean, you only eat once a week too, right? Ouch. Um, don't, let any, don't lead anything, right? Don't take initiative to fix your problems. And in fact, here's a good one. Don't serve your church. Because if something ever goes wrong here, you're going to have some of the blame. And you never know, it might go wrong. I mean, if something goes right, you won't get to celebrate either. But if it goes wrong, at least you're out of the picture. Don't do it. Assume others will do it. Just be a spectator. That's what Adam teaches us. He just watched it happen. Do not let, or do not do other people's parts. Let let other people take care of business. Drop the ball and just assume that somebody else will pick it up, especially when it comes to telling others about your faith. That's what pastors are for. Losers blame others. All right, let's go to the next one. I'm sure you're having lots of fun so far. Uh, the next, next letter is A, accept no responsibility. So here's what happened. The Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Right after he asked the man, right? And then her response, the serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. You see, I was ignorant of this. Like, I had no idea. I mean, she, like, the serpent did a spell on me of some sort, and I just, I was out of, the, I was out of it. I was not informed correctly. So here's, here's what we can learn from this. Blame it on ignorance. Just say, I don't know. In fact, look, I know that there are books and mentoring and coaching that we can get for becoming better parents and better workers and better husbands and wives but don't read any of them don't get mentoring or coaching because if you do you're going to be held responsible for what you know do not pursue knowledge and wisdom if you do you'll be held responsible if you want to be a great loser blame others for your 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 problems accept no responsibility in fact don't make a habit out of apologizing in fact, if you apologize a lot, like you say, I'm sorry, for bad deal, if, because what you're doing is you're, you're taking responsibility for your actions, and then people will start viewing you as le- less important than you think you are, which then hurts your pride. In fact, make sure you have no accountability. Accountability, if you have people in your life that are close to you, they can see your mistakes, if you have no account, if you isolate yourself as much as possible, when you make a mistake, when you have a problem, you don't have to accept any responsibility. Somebody else will take the blame because losers blame others. All right, let's go to M. So M is the next letter for us. M says this, minimize your offense. This is a great skill. It takes some time to master, but I'm going to teach you how to do it. Now listen to what the serpent said. Now remember, this is from the king of losers himself, Satan. He introduced this to humanity, and we've been using it ever since. Listen, you won't really die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. In fact, listen to what he's doing. 
He's saying, look, I know what you're about to do is bad, but there's some good that will come out of this. Like, I know there's some, I mean, you're, what you're doing is not, I mean, like that, that part of your life that's immoral, that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Just think of the positive. There's some positive that will come out of that. In fact, a good strategy to minimize sin or wrongdoing of any kind is to make it laughable. So TV, TV uh, programs have mastered this, right? So that's why a lot of young professionals, people of every age, they have no problem with sexual immorality or sleeping around or uh, you know, any, any of that because we laugh about it every day in t- with watching TV shows. Any type of immorality, if you laugh about it enough, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. It's just fun. Now, if you do something wrong, here's how you do it. You, you make a mistake and you just make a joke about it, make people laugh. If you do something really wrong, if you steal something, just you know, figure out how to make it a joke because then you will look better than you actually are. Why? You know, it, let me, uh, here's another tip. If you have a car, if you buy a brand new car and you drive it out of the dealership and the car breaks, your new car breaks, you can always blame it on the dealership. Now, if your used car breaks, you can blame it on Dave Ramsey. He's the one that teaches us, right? None of you have taken Financial Peace University. If he teaches us, like, start with used cars. Whoever taught you all the stuff that you know, remember, blame it on the ones who taught you. Now, if you like to flirt around and mess around with other people and so forth, just remember, there's people that are worse than you. And that's what you can point out. Some people do a... And if, you're an, if you drink a lot, if, you, if you're an alcoholic, just remember... There are people that do way worse than you. And if you compare yourself to them, you're just buzzed. Not a big deal. In fact, let me show you a little chart that explains this a little bit better in case you're not getting it. Here's a, a little picture that I drew for us. This is you and I right here in the middle. Now, if we compare ourselves with godly people or good people, then we look kind of sure and we look kind of bad. Right? Like, it's, it's a no-no. Like, if you do that, if that's your model, that's your, you know, who you're, you're living life based on, then it's not, in fact, don't ever make Jesus your model for living. Because that standard is so high, you might actually think you need a savior. Now, let me show you another side of it, though. If you make bad people the ones you compare yourself to, then that little short guy that's angry looks way worse than you. In fact, if you if you make if anything that you do that's wrong that you feel uneasy about, find somebody that's done it way worse than you. Stand next to them, and all of a sudden you're taller, you're brighter, you're prettier, and you just look better to everyone around you. Check on that one. Losers blame others. Now, here's the last one, and it's one of the most important ones for us today. Expect others to fix your problems. Expect others to fix your problems. Here's the mindset that a lot of people already got. They, they know this. Just live life like you're entitled to everything. People owe it to you. The government owes it to you. Your family owes it to you. You have the right to have whatever you want. People need to give it to you. Expect others to fix your problems. Don't do anything yourself. If you drop the ball, eventually somebody will pick it up. If your work environment stinks, 
you know, blame it on other people. I, I mean, some people think that God put them in there so they can make it a brighter place, but you can just blame it on other people. I mean, if you, here's the, the main idea, okay? If you accept, this is the truth, irresponsibility. If you accept irresponsibility, you expect others to do your job for you. If you accept irresponsibility, if you just say, I'm irresponsible, then you expect others to do your job for you because when you're expecting somebody else to pay, when you don't do your job, you expect somebody else to pay the consequences or whatever the results of your irresponsibility. Now, here's what I recommend if this is the life that you want to live. Uh, you might as well be honest about it up front. And I have some tips for you on how to do this. So just be honest. I'm, I'm going to accept the responsibility. I'm going to expect others to do my job for me. Now, husbands, if you don't care about eating healthy, like if that's not your thing, right, like you just don't want to eat healthy and you don't want to take care of your body and you just like, you know, doing whatever you want, here's what you can do. Sit down with your wife, maybe take her on a date this week and look her in the eye and say, will you please take care of me? when my body doesn't work anymore because I'm too lazy to take care of it now. In fact, if you are a parent in the room, I got this advice from a, uh, another pastor that I learned from. He, he gave us this advice, and I tried it out. I'll tell you the results in a second. But he said, if your kids are used to throwing their dirty clothes on the floor and their wet towels, leaving it in the room, here's what you can do. Call them over. To, you know, call, say, no, say, come here, go get your mom. Go get your mom and, and tell her to come. And then they go get the mom and you sit next to your wife or your husband and so forth and, and, and say, kid, and let me just call, I'll just use my kid's name, Lily. Lily, I want you to look at mom and dad in the eye and say, mom and dad, can you pick up my wet towel and my dirty clothes off the floor because I'm too lazy to do it today. Now, I tried this this week, and my daughter started crying. And so I don't really recommend. I did a little bit different. I asked her to do something, and, and she, like, to fold the clothes and so forth, the, her laundry, basically, and put it away. And, and then I came back up, and she hadn't done it. And I was like, you know what, Lily? Just tell me. Like, Daddy, I'm too lazy to do it. Will you do it for me? She started crying. And I, oh, Daddy, I'll do it. I'm sorry. And so I don't, you know, I'm not sure. I felt really bad. Um, so I'm not sure if you want to try that, but it, it was a little weird for me. Uh, now, kids, teenagers, if you're the kind that you just like to, you know, do your thing, here's what you can do. Just be upfront about it. Sit down with your parents now and say, Mom and Dad, can you please get a second job? Because there's a very good chance that I'll, after college I'm going to be living with you. In fact, you might want to get a third job because I don't even know if I'll get any scholarships to college. You might have to pay for the whole thing and, you know, maybe even a little bit more than that. You might want to borrow some more money because my wife and I might have to live with you together. Um, just be upfront about it so they can start now saving. You know, be honest because when you accept your responsibility, you're just expecting somebody else to fix your problems. You can be a loser by following the example of Adam. But in all seriousness, None of us want to be losers. We don't. And there's an example that was set for us with Adam, but there's another example that's set for us with the second Adam, which is what the Bible calls it. And this idea of Adam, Adam just means human. There's one human that brought certain things that are our consequences today. 
But Jesus brought something else to the equation. And I want to give you some perspective on this because ultimately all of us, regardless of where we stand spiritually, will have to model our lives based on one of two of these perspectives. Romans chapter 5 explains this, and this is what it says. There is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness brought to many through this other Adam named Jesus. Now, and the result of God's gracious gift is much different from the result of this one man's sin. He's comparing them. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we're guilty of many sins. Do you see what he's saying? There's two ways for us to see life here. There's a life that is modeled after Adam, that delegates, that relinquishes responsibility. But there's another one that brings freedom and grace to our lives. See, Jesus teaches us a different way of viewing responsibility. Think about it with me. Adam blamed others, though he was partially guilty. Jesus took the blame, though he was completely innocent. Adam teaches us to hide in our weaknesses and our shame and our fear. Jesus teaches us to reveal our weaknesses so that he can cover our guilt and shame. Adam teaches us to wait for others to take care of our problems. Just wait and watch. Jesus accepted responsibility not only for his own life and mission, but for the life and mission and problems of all of humanity. Adam teaches us to manage our behavior first without changing our hearts. Jesus said, you must change your heart so that your behavior will follow that transformation. Maybe the reason so many of us have problems that are reoccurring all throughout life is because we are so used to blaming others that we never know how to deal with our own inequities or consequences. We refuse to take ownership and face the consequences of responsibility. But see, a lot of times the reason we do this is because we have this perspective that life should be fair. And we're going to talk about this all throughout this series that it's actually a good thing that life is not fair. Because it was not fair that God came as a human being, lived a perfect, blameless life, but that at the end of his life, he took the blame that not, did not belong to him upon himself. The guilt that we carried of all humanity on his shoulder, a blameless man, and on that cross, he dealt with it and said, it is finished. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. I'm taking it for you. I'm taking responsibility to make sure that all of humanity has equal opportunity to connect with my Father. No longer you have to be held accountable for what you should be responsible for. That's the model we follow. Jesus taught us that even if it's our fault, listen to this, even if it's our fault, we can still take responsibility for our actions and for problems of others. 
even if it's not our fault, we can still take responsibility. That's the motto that we have. Now, I really believe this, that if we are Christians, if you're a Christian here in this room, then you should be one of the most responsible people in your environments. In fact, we Christians should be the ones who lead the way with responsibility, with being on time, with being responsible, with taking ownership of our lives because our motto is so high. He is the one who set the standard for us. Now, if you're not a Christian, you're excused from this part of the talk. But if you are, that's our responsibility to imitate our leader. His example ultimately removed all of our excuses to blame others. For the last few seconds together, I want to ask you to close your eyes with me all around the room and imagine a few things with me. Imagine... If we started to say, yes, I am lonely, but I will not blame. I am taking responsibility for getting connected in community, to build friendships, to join a life group, to invite others over to my house. I will do what it takes to get connected. Yes, I'm unhealthy, but I will not blame. I will take responsibility for eating well, for taking care of my body. Yes, I was wrongfully hurt, but I will not let myself get stuck on blame and unforgiveness. With God's help, I will take responsibility for my future. Yes, I had no good example in my life. Everyone in my life was a bad example. But I will proactively parent my children the right way and build up a new type of family. Yes, my finances are in bad shape. But I will not wait for others to fix my problems. I will cut off all my privileges, my phone, my cable, my get a second job, work extra hard until I have this part of my life under control. Yes, I'm living without a purpose. But I will take ownership of the most important part of my life. And I will pursue God I will get in his words. I will get wise counsel and I will not settle until my life is played out, is lived out in God's greatest and greater picture for humanity. I will fulfill my purpose. See, God made us to reign, not to act as victims. God made us to have dominion, not to live as slaves to others. God made us to conquer, not to live defeated lives. God made us to take responsibility, not to make excuses and blame others. If you want to be a loser, losers blame others. If you want to stand upright, live a life that impacts not only our generation, but the next, we have to start today to say, I will take responsibility for my life. Father, thank you for the example that you gave us in sending your son to be the ultimate example for us. Thank you so much, Father, that you're not only a God of justice, but of love, that we can find relationship with you through the responsibility that Jesus took upon himself 
to take care of our problems. Let that be our motto. I pray that we would own our lives, that we would take responsibility for what you've given us, and that through that, you would be greatly honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hope that you enjoyed your lesson on how to be a loser if you like to be one. But if you don't want to be a loser, you learn some great things as well. And I want to encourage you as we end our time together to pull out your connection card, first of all. And this is a tool that we use here at South Bay to really walk together through some of our next steps. And maybe as I've been sharing today, you feel like, you know what, I need to take responsibility for a certain part of my life or I'm going to make this commitment that every time I try to blame somebody or I think of blaming somebody, I will say I will not do it. No excuses, I'm responsible. And if you want to let us know that on your connection card, if today you're saying, I need to take ownership for my spiritual life and you want to start a relationship with Jesus, in the back of your card there's a place